0: Welcome to Dope Nostalgia, episode three. I'm your host, Naomi, and I am so stoked today. Why? Because I have been excited for this one for a long time. We have an interview today with one of the founding members of one of my favorite pop vocal groups from the 90s, Color Me Bad. Before we start talking about our guest today from Color Me Bad, I'm going to do a little bit of maintenance, of course, on the show. Um, The last two episodes are our very first, of course, so I noticed listening back to them that the sound is a little bit rough. I'm having a little bit of trouble with the balancing of the audio. So please forgive me for that, and I will be working on trying to make a more smooth-sounding show for you guys because I want to make it enjoyable as possible. So that being said, my apologies. Tonight I am going to be broadcasting while having a beer analog brewings in another castle it's a peach mango milkshake ipa analog brewing from right here in my hometown of edmonton alberta check them out online and you can go down to the brewery and go down have a drink there as well awesome place awesome brand retro styling just like us so they are the official beer of the podcast When I first dreamed of doing a podcast like this, I thought maybe, just maybe, I'd be able to get some of the people that were my heroes um, to give me a little bit of their time and insight and tell me about what those days were like and definitely what they're doing now. I never dreamed that this interview would come to fruition, and it did. I was so excited to talk to Mr. Mark Cauldron of Color Me Bad. He is one of the founding original members of the group. And the group was from Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, founded in 1985 and broke up in 98. The group has been recently touring with various people in the lineup. Um, Mark still going strong with the band. And uh, he took some time out to talk to us. Uh, I'll give you a little brief history on Color Me Bad. Uh, TikTok,
1: you don't stop to the TikTok, it don't stop to the TikTok, it don't stop
2: to the TikTok.
0: This group has sold over 12 million records worldwide. They had two number one hit singles, nine top 40 hits, and a triple platinum album. Nominated for two Grammy Awards, they also won two Soul Train Music Awards and one American Music Award. Nominated for five others. That's a pretty successful career. The band got together in 85. The founding members, Brian Abrams, Mark Calderon, Sam Waters, and Kevin Thornton, met while attending high school in Oklahoma City and all members of the school choir. Hip hop doo-wop, that was the name of the genre coined by these gentlemen, as they aim to be a vocal group in the vein of New Edition and New Kids on the Block. Back in the beginning, they were trying to audition for any of the big name acts playing in Oklahoma City at the time. Meeting Robert Bell of Cool and the Gang in 87, when Cool and the Gang were in Oklahoma City for a performance, they auditioned for him and he introduced them to their manager who would become Color Me Bad's manager and convinced them to move to New York City to pursue their record deal. They also sang for Huey Lewis and the News, Sheila E. and Ronnie Millsap and opened for Tony, Tony, Tony in Oklahoma in 88. Then one fateful afternoon in 89, Thornton saw John Bon Jovi in a movie theater called the guys to come over to the theater and sing a bit for him. I'm gonna let Mark tell you the rest of how that story went. But they did it, they went to New York City, got signed to Giant Records, and the rest is history. Their songs have been featured in movies and on television programs, including New Jack City, Mo Money, No Strings Attached, and Glee. They also made a cameo appearance of themselves, On a 1992 episode of Beverly Hills 90210. I was so stoked as a young, young kid, a tween, that I got to see these guys live here in my hometown. And I'm even more excited to bring this interview to you, ladies and gentlemen, Mark Cauldron of Color Me Bad. So I'm a big fan. (laughs) I was lucky enough to see you live in 92 on Paula Abdul's Spellbound Tour. Wow. that was one of my favorite memories, was seeing you guys uh, at oh. that show.
3: <laughs> Where was that show at? Well, was, was that in? Um, uh, that was that in Toronto or
0: Edmonton, actually. So Edmonton. out
3: west. Okay. Yes. Nice. Do,
0: do nice. you have Do you have any memories of that tour, or, or from visiting in Canada? It's a big country to tour, for sure.
3: Yeah, I, I do. Um, I remember. You know what's. I, you know what I do remember. I remember. I remember doing a show in Toronto there at that time. It was called the Sky Dome. Right. And um, right after that show, we had to take a private jet to Los Angeles to film the 90210 uh, episode. Yeah, the following day it was crazy it was it was it a was, <laughs> crazy time but yeah
0: yeah that's a lot happening at once for sure that was a very hot time for you guys um, did you guys do when you toured like america or canada did you do a tour on bus usually or on the plane
3: um, a bus a lot of times it was just on the bus you know um, it was the it was the, it was the best, best it depend on the route you know yeah. it depend on how they routed the, the tour a lot of times we would always want them to route where we could get on a bus cuz it's so much it's, it's it's so much better you know uh, financially instead of having to fly everyone to one spot you know what i mean just getting yeah. the bus and everyone just goes in one you know so it's always best to to travel through the bus financially you know
0: financially and also like i guess when you're young and having fun it's probably exciting to be on tour i i would think
3: it is it you know it's you know you get with a bunch of of your friends you know your best friends and you're traveling together and you know you're just cracking on each other and you know <laughs> eating eating uh, uh junk food all <laughs> you know it's just it's just a party on wheels that's what it is
0: no kidding so did you guys like were you bad did you uh get yourselves into trouble because you were you know of course young? <laughs> yeah of
3: course you had to come on it's part of growing up man yeah you're in your yeah. early 20s you can't yeah. do good. You got you got to do bad. <laughs> no, that's exactly we were good what for I wanted. Most part, <laughs> we were the good for the most part. But mm-hmm. we, um, you know, we we, we had our uh, we had our our young moments. <laughs> I say, that's what
0: I wanted to hear. I wanted to hear you guys had a good time. So, oh, um, yeah,
3: no doubt. I would
0: I would say like I don't want to ask you too many questions that you've heard a million times. So I'm going to try to keep it like more interesting for you. Um, mm. I'm going to tell everybody at the beginning a brief rundown on the inception of the band. And you guys are from Oklahoma, correct?
3: Yeah, yeah. We we were we were, we started in Oklahoma City. Uh huh. We met in high school, uh, mm. back in the day. Yeah. Sweet. and uh, And yeah, that's where we kind of got it all started.
0: Now I read that Kevin ran into John Bon Jovi in a movie theater.
3: And that- yeah. 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 Kevin, he worked at uh, the movie theater there at the mall Mm -hmm. and um, he saw a bunch of guys walk in with Bon Jovi tour jackets with long hair. Of course, he didn't know who they were. He (laughs) called me up. He called me up and he said, hey, Mark, are the guys over at your house? I said, yeah, they are. He said, well, man, um, a bunch of these guys just came in with long hair Bon Jovi jackets. I don't don't know if that's (laughs) them or not. I said, well, Kevin Bon Jovi is playing here tomorrow night, so a very good chance that it could possibly be them. We're going to come on up there and, and check it out. And um, sure enough, it was them, and we got a chance to sing uh, for them. And we had a moment, and they um, they uh, asked us if we would like to uh, open up their show the the following night there for their concert. and We were so excited about that. It was a big moment for us.
0: No kidding. That's unreal. Mm-hmm. Oh, So um... – I, I guess, like, things kind of escalated from there. And when you got your first number one, what mm-hmm. does that feel? What does that feel like to have a number one billboard
3: hit? Uh, it felt like, you know, like you accomplished all your, you know, your dream.
0: That's mm-hmm. what every
3: musician wants. And, and when you can do that, you know, at such a young age, it's, it's very fulfilling. You know, uh, yeah. it was tough getting to that point. No doubt. It was, it was a long road uh, you have it was to uphill work hard. battle. Yeah, yeah but i'm gonna tell you i'll tell you what's even harder than that is staying on top <laughs> that's yeah. that's, tough. that's even tougher but yeah so it was it was it was pretty thrilling to find out and, and you know what's so funny our, our 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 first our number one hit wasn't i want to sex you up believe it or not it was i adore me more
0: i know i read that it, um i want to sex you up went to number two is that correct
3: that is correct. Yeah. Um, Paul Abdul Rush Rush kept us out of the number one spot. How, how Pop- ironic. That's funny. <laughs> oh.
0: Wow. But still, two uh, number one hits, at least like on the top 40, right? Yes. Okay. Now, one thing I've always wondered is why are there two versions of I Want to Sex You Up? How did that come about? And which version do you perform live now?
3: Uh, I, um, well, I perform live, uh, the the version that's on the C&B album. Mm -hmm. Uh Uh, But the reason why there was two versions of that song was um, uh, the producer, Dr. Freeze, who actually had a version that he had written, um, which we didn't know about. We didn't know he had written his own version of that song. Um, When we first received the track, all we had was the, the ooze and the chorus of the song. And the whole track was pretty open and empty for us to write to, which we did. Mm-hmm. Well, when they scheduled the recording time, we got there and uh, Dr. Freeze, who was uh, late for the session, he was hours late for the session. Mm-hmm. Hours. I mean, talking about four or five hours late. And wow. we went ahead, and instead and of just, just sitting around, around waiting around
2: for
3: him, him. we uh, Ooh, went I ahead. and
0: okay. our version.
3: I, I hear my echo.
0: Oh, do you? Okay. I'm you gonna. I'm gonna change that up here a little bit. I just didn't want to make. Uh, I want to make sure everything was working okay for the recording.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So so we okay. got there, and uh, we decided that we were instead of waiting on him to get to the studio. We said, well, hey, you know what? We're going to save us some time and money, and we're just going to start recording the song ourselves. So we went ahead and recorded our version. Well, he finally arrived and showed up, and he uh, said, all right, let me listen listen to the song. So we played him our version that we wrote. And he goes, well, wait, 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 wait. Where's my version of the song? (laughs) Well, we didn't. We never heard your version. All we had is our version. And so we actually had... That's why. So we had to actually stay in the studio for several more hours to record his version. And that's what happened. Both versions were great versions. One of them went onto the new Jack City movie soundtrack. And oh. the other version went on our, went on our uh, CD. Uh huh. Oh, that's yeah.
0: wonderful. Okay. So um, which one do you think was on the radio more then?
3: Oh, no doubt. Uh, the version that was on the CMB album, which was Dr. Freeze's version.
0: And that's Come Inside Take, that one?
3: Or... Yeah, go ahead. Keep singing. Yeah, you <laughs> all right, go ahead. Keep singing. Oh, uh, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Thank you.
0: Um, yeah, I, I love I love singing that tune. I do all the time, anyways. So, in comparison to each other, I have the two versions of I Want to Sex You Up lined up just so you can see. But there really were two different verses. Check it out. Come inside,
2: take off your coat I'm
0: This is the version, the second version, that was released on the new Jack City soundtrack. Did you guys get in hot water over the sexiness of the song, which would be, I think, tame by today's standards? <laughs>
3: and what do you mean by hot water? Well, I mean, like, I mean, like, did did personally did, or what? Yeah, or, like, or just, did, 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 or, media,
0: just, did media did media ever give you a hard time?
3: Yeah, um, there was a lot of people, but the, I think that was the beauty of the song. You know, mm. I mean, if anything that's re- that's bad for you know parents and the adults (laughs) and the the people that over overlook the kids you know that that's what the kids want they want to rebel against them so it it actually worked to our advantage and um in in uk there was actually one of the top government officials wanted to ban the song and that was great for us because we just got more publicity from it so
0: it's all good press
3: absolutely It's all great press you know so yeah
0: now, I really enjoy watching Lonely Island do their, uh, or Justin Timberlake and Andy Samberg do their, um, like, their dick in the box, Mother Lover, yeah. all those. Do you yeah. think, it's, like, I know that's obviously a tribute to the 90s. Do you think it's a tribute to
3: you guys? I think so. I've, <laughs> I've been told that that was, that was supposed to be, uh, uh, you know, uh, imitating us a bit. <laughs> But uh, I don't know. I'm sure you know it. It has the same vibe and the same sound as "Sex You Up," "Stick in the Box." (laughs) You know, totally sort of, sort of thing. I'm just
0: like I absolutely love Mother Lover, and it's such a good chorus too that it's like like musically Mm -hmm. that it's Mm -hmm. pretty impressive. And I I was I love that they brought back the '90s with the. A tribute like that. Um, yeah. So you were, you said you did the nine oh two one oh show. Was it one episode you appeared in?
3: Yes. Yeah, we did. We just did one episode, and it was it was so great for our career at that time. You know, uh, we actually sold a million records the next day. Oh my goodness! Wow. <laughs> yeah. It really helped wow. us out, and you know, and back then the CDs at the time were fifteen ninety nine. So mm. can you imagine selling you know a million of of, of that? Uh, it, it really was It was really great for our career, and it um, mm. happened to be their uh, most watched episode. So oh, That's so
0: cool. I'm going to have to look it up and watch it again. Um, where are your awards now? Two Soul Train Awards and one AMA, am I correct? American you know Music
3: Awards? That's a great question to ask my mom. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> does no, everybody... My mom, my mom hasn't.
0: Does every member of the band get their own award? Yes. Okay, yes, that's good. That's what I wanted to hear for sure. Um, and considering the grunge era blew up at the time that it did, how much do you think that impacted the band and their, su- their success with the s- subsequent albums?
3: It, 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 you know, it, it hurt us a bit mm-hmm. because you know, the grunge got so popular and um, people really you know, dove into that. You know, it was just another you know, era of music that really kind of took over. So mm-hmm. it kind of put us on the back burner when that really hit hard, and uh I tell you what you know now it's uh, it 's funny because now you can 't find a kid picking up a, a guitar anywhere now you know mm-hmm. uh, you know it, it's just it's just it, rock and roll is just not where where kids' heads are anymore That's um, true. i was just I was just talking about that with a friend of mine recently about how you know rock and roll this summer is going to be such a big money making tour um, mm. uh, opportunity for these rock, rock bands because there's no more rock and roll being made and they mm-hmm. are the only rock and roll that's out there so everyone is going to flock out to their shows and let me tell you something all these rock and roll bands are going to do amazing this summer on tour they really are but, yeah because um,
0: people, are, people are hungry for the rock shows people, I agree
3: people are hungry yeah I tell you what all it takes is just some kid to come up with a great rock song that's going to mm-hmm. grab people's attention and, and, and run with it. But, you know, of course, that's, uh, that's just trying to come up with whatever that magic song is going to be. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, you know, it's, uh, yeah, grunge was tough for us. You know, it, it kind of threw us off a bit. I'm not going to lie. But, mm-hmm. you know, with our group, um, the thing is what you have to do is you just got to stay on course and continue mm-hmm. to be who you are. Yeah, there's going to be ups and downs just like in any other business out there. You know, you're going to have good days and you're going to have your bad days. And that was just a time where if we would have just held, you know, and continued to be who we are, we would have eventually been able to, you know, ride, uh, been able to, uh, you know, uh, come back, make it, Mm -hmm. make it back. But um, again, everyone has to be on the same page, you know, and it's tough as life goes on and people continue to grow. People change. They have different ideas. And Mm -hmm. sometimes. Decides to go their own way, so you know it's easy to say, "God, we just we just should have just stayed with it and stayed strong, <laughs> group, blah blah blah." But you know that's just you know life takes its course and, and should have could have would have yeah should have like. could have would have.
0: <laughs> and I mean that's another thing too is that it's hard to keep a band together because yeah life we all have different aspirations right and those change over the times, so so, so I would say. I can totally understand that that would have been a different, uh, difficult time. And then mm-hmm. pop comes back at the end of the decade, of course. <laughs>
3: Absolutely. It does, you know. Because it cycles, and, and, right? And, uh, yeah. And all they did in sync and Backstreet Boys would just copy what we did. <laughs> yeah. Actually, Bruno Mars told me the same thing. He said, all I'm doing is just copying what you guys did. <laughs> um, it, it's funny oh, how it yeah. happened.
0: And Speaking of that, I definitely see that in his fashion sense. Uh, what fashion trend did you love from the '90s, and which one not so much?
3: Let me see. You know what? I loved it all. I thought the '90s was great.
0: You know? Yeah.
3: It was colorful. I, I, it was very colorful, and <laughs> and I'm gonna give I'm gonna give a lot of credit, you know, um, uh, to our stylist at the time, Lisa yeah. Smith you know, she really brought out a lot of those colors in us. And, um, she also brought out a lot of color in velvet Devoe and a lot of the other groups that she had worked, worked, worked with, but Lisa Smedley, she, um, she really helped, you know, bring that style, you know, that fashion look in the nineties. And then you had, um, um, uh, the guys who uh, who had the uh, cross colors, who decided to bring that and made that. Oh a, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, but um, yeah, no. I mean, it was a lot of great fashion. And I sure. really,
0: I really like those uh, cross colors and the big uh, colorful leather jackets.
3: And oh, then yeah. some of the, some of them yeah. had
0: like eight balls on them or whatever it was. Yeah,
3: it was, yeah, it was yeah, fun. yeah. It was it was a
0: lot of fun. Yeah. Is there an album track that you wish would have been a single? I'll, I'm going to play a clip of it on the show as well, whatever your favorite album track would have been.
3: Let me think about that one. Um, <laughs> huh, you know, it, okay. Um, I think uh, I, I thought the song Close to Heaven should have been a single. Yeah. I really did. I, I, and it was, it was a single in, in, in uh, parts of Asia. It was. And mm-hmm. it did very, very well in Asia. But that was a song that um that should have been a single that was not a single here in the states. And I will say there was singles that we did have released that should have been pushed a little stronger by the record label. but
2: yeah, you know,
3: politics get involved, and for some reason, that didn't happen. Um, but you know, it is what it is.
0: Um, my favorite song, I would say, would have been Roll the Dice. Ah, nice.
3: That's, that's my jam. Song. <laughs> song? no, that's a great song. Nick Monday, uh, Nick Monday, who wrote that song, um, you know, he, he, he actually wrote a few songs. Uh, he wrote Talk to Me for a Chico de Barge, and he wrote a, a bunch of other great songs. But yeah, Nick Monday had that song. He wrote the song Roll the Dice, and uh, it never was released, but it was a great song. Yeah.
0: Um. So like now you have 800,000 f- listeners on Spotify alone. So people still embrace the music and they're listening to it to this day. So I think that's pretty exciting to, as a testament to uh, what you've done. You know,
3: have you heard, have you heard my new song?
0: I would like to ask you about what you're currently doing. Yeah. I have well, not heard
3: it. No, a lot of people haven't heard it.
0: You know, okay. well, it's about time. Yeah. They
3: do. So it's, it's tell it's me about, about it. Well, the song is called "It's Like Good Sex," ah, <laughs> and yeah, it's all, it's 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 been out it's been out since last May, <laughs> believe it or not. Yeah. Uh, but when you don't have a record label and money behind <laughs> your your song, not everybody gets a chance to hear it. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes,
0: the music so, business has definitely changed.
3: Yeah, you just gotta take advantages of this opportunity that I have right now, mm-hmm. and tell people about it. So that's um, actually, do you follow me on Instagram? You do, don't you? Yes, I no? do. Yes. Okay. I do. Well, there's a little piece that I posted yesterday of a part of a dance routine from the song "It's Like Good Sex." Uh, but Sweet. go on Spotify. Go on Spotify, iTunes, uh, uh, Apple Music. Whatever Amazon music, it's on there. Okay. And um you could check it out and tell me what you think about it.
0: We're gonna play the song It's Like Good Sex in its entirety right after these messages about analog brewing.
1: After these messages we we'll right back. Make sure you talk to our good friends Adam and Brian down at Analog Brewing. They're the official beer of Dope Nostalgia. They're at 8620, 53rd Avenue. You can catch their taproom open from Thursdays through Saturdays, 4 till 11. Enjoy $6 pints at an everyday low price of $13 for a four-pack of retro styles. That's Analog Brewing, the official beer of Dope Nostalgia. Ragu introduces Chicken Tonight Simmer sauces, and suddenly everybody's saying, I feel like chicken tonight, like chicken tonight.
2: Chicken
1: tonight Choose from four new sauces Each one's made with real vegetables and herbs So you can make dishes like country french chicken And chicken cacciatore Just brown the chicken, simmer and serve I feel like chicken tonight Like chicken tonight New chicken tonight simmer sauces From Ragu Chicken tonight It's like good sex sex, sex. She's got that body So I'ma lose my mind Her walk in that dress She's dropping off with them hips on fine Talk to me crazy She's pressing play and I press rewind is misplacing She's bad, she's sweet, can't take
2: our time
1: This girl, she's vibing me uh-huh. This night, no stopping me uh-huh. love the robbery uh-huh. She's taking all of me She said she's saving me uh-huh. I kiss her rosary Good sex. The sun wakes up everyone.
3: I'm also looking at doing all kinds of different music. I even I'm I'm even going to touch in on a, on a little bit of uh, country music. Believe it or not.
0: Well, that's you fun. Know?
3: You know, so yeah. um, so why not have fun with music when you can? You know, you live once. Good. You might as well do it all, right? There's yeah.
0: nothing wrong with exploring other genres. It's fun. That's it's right part of growing. So that's, that's great. Right. Um, who did you get to meet in the business that taught you the most, or was like the most exciting person to you? to meets
3: oh wow there's such a lot there's so many of them so many great people mm-hmm. uh i'm just gonna name a few just real quick go for it uh, jimmy jimmy Jam and terry lewis yes uh-huh david foster wow uh-huh yeah i'm, I'm naming some heavyweights right now <laughs> uh, as you should you know yeah um I don't know I mean just people like that that just really you just learn. i'm gonna say even uh, uh howie how uh we called him he went by howie T uh, mm-hmm. but his name is Howard Thompson, you know, but uh he went by hitman howie t that's what okay. that's what we would call him back in the day, but I learned a lot from him you know mm-hmm. we, we just um we' just taken it all in as we as we would go and learn mm-hmm. people but uh but yeah, a lot of great names, a lot of great opportunities and you know, and I'm, you know, you can't find bigger names than that.
0: So. No kidding. Well, I've, I i do not know. Have you met any of the Jacksons?
3: I have. Yeah. I, I've met, um, I met just about all of them, but Michael, Yeah. <laughs> you know, right. I, all of them just about Michael. Yeah. So, um, yeah, they're, they're, um, you know, you, you just always get so starstruck. When you meet Jackson, I bet you know it's just you know the power they bring to music and what they've done over the, over their careers. But another person that I've recently met within the last two years uh, was Stevie Wonder, and you talk about some oh.
2: like,
3: hey, that is like you know that's like wow,
2: mm-hmm.
3: you're in a, 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 a you know presence of a man who is really you know who's really at the top of it, you know who's really seen it all in the music business. No kidding. Honor. It's an honor to meet these people.
0: Mm-hmm. Are there any current artists that are on the top 40 that you're digging right now? Because I know sometimes like, we stop listening to what's new as we get older.
3: Yeah. Some, no, of, no. some yeah. of
0: us do, but some, yeah. Yeah,
3: some yeah. don't. I like that song. Um, I like that song by that um, I, he's, he's he, has that, he has that song called Rock Zan that's out. His name is Arizona something. I don't oh, know, yeah? It's Arizona something. But he has a, he has a song called "A Rock Van. Uh I like post Malone a lot. Mm-hmm. I think he does some great stuff. I like um, Halsey, right? Yeah. she's great. Uh, there's, there's quite a, I even like Justin Bieber's uh, new song, "Yummy. I like that. I like yeah. that That's really nice, nice, nice stuff that these kids are doing. so you know, I love Taylor Swift. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
3: I like that. yeah, I like what they're doing.
0: That's good. I mean, like, that you're still, like, listening to what's new and happening. And, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm starting to do that a little more now. I am obviously very stuck in the 90s, hence this podcast. But, <laughs> but, yeah, um, but yeah. And there's a lot of them bringing the 90s flavor, too. Like, Lady Gaga has a lot of that. Um, even yeah. Bruno Mars as well.
3: Mars has done a great job with it. Yeah, he really has.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, are there any um, charitable causes that you support? That you want to give a shout out to?
3: Uh, you know what? Um, I, I try to support, you know, like the Boys and Girls Club, you know, whenever mm-hmm. I can. Uh, mm-hmm. I try to give back as much as I can. There's this lady who, who uh, takes care of, of a bunch of kids uh, from Latin America. Um, uh, her name is Naomi. Her name is Naomi, too. Uh, oh, nice. Yeah, she's out of Florida. And she takes care of a lot of the lat- uh, Latino kids. Uh, that, that 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 uh uh are, are um that have no parents and uh, she takes them in and and you know she provides food and a shelter and all she's got lots and lots of kids that she takes care of uh that they have no place to go and so i do support her uh charity so yeah i do i try i try to do what i can you know
0: okay oh that's that's beautiful um now that you guys are on tour again right you're or you're getting a tour in February right
3: uh, how we start some shows coming up next month yeah
0: sweet now where did you meet all the new members in the group
3: um, well um, a lot of they all pretty much come from New York uh, my mm-hmm. DJ is from here from Oklahoma City and um, uh, my managers out of Texas Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's just getting along with everyone, everyone working hard, mm-hmm. uh, everyone on the same page. That's the thing. When you get people together and you want to you make moves and you want to do great things, everyone's got to be on the same page. So yeah. I, found, I found some guys that are going to be down, for making yeah. some, some, some great things happen. Everyone seems to be feeling it. So we're just, we're just rolling, you know, and that's, oh, and that's what we're doing. We're just having fun with it. I and hope It's, it's got to be fun. It's got to be fun, and and most importantly, not only you got to be talented on stage, but but you got to be a great person and character off stage. Yeah. Because you're with these people more off stage than you are with them on stage. So you got to have fun with these people. You know. Amen to that. <laughs> you know, no more drama. There ain't no time for drama, Naomi. You know, <laughs> no more drama. I'm too old. Good.
0: Hey, uh, you know what? You're living your best life. That's what you do, mm-hmm. and then it's wonderful. So Well, yeah. Naomi,
3: anytime you want to interview, feel free to call me. Okay, I got you.
0: All right, you're lovely. Thank you so much. All
3: right. Dream
0: on, dream away.
2: I think I'm gonna have to stay, stay.
0: adore me amor. That song, the first number one Billboard hit single for Color Me Bad. It was recommended to them by hit producers Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis that as they were a multicultural group, they should write a half-English, half-Spanish song. That's the song they wrote, and that's the song that got them their record deal. And their very first number one Billboard U.S. hit. Alright, folks. We're going to go back to the books to tell you what the guys are doing now. It's time for a
2: Wikipedia Moments.
0: So what the other guys are doing now, we have Kevin Thornton. He left the group in 1998 to pursue being a licensed minister, and he has since served as an evangelist, youth pastor, and worship leader at his home church, Without Walls Church in Fort Worth, Texas. He released a solo album, Conversations, blending contemporary hip-hop rap with gospel and soul music. Sam Waters pursued a career as a record producer, achieving success producing for Jessica Simpson, Celine Dion, Fantasia, Anastasia, Natasha Bedingfield, Kelly Clarkson, 98 Degrees. Oh, man, the list just goes on. It is safe to say that he has done very well for himself as a member of the production songwriting team The Runaways. He also married R&B singer and former American Idol contestant Tamara Gray. I remember her. I believe she was in the first season with Kelly Clarkson. Brian Abrams released a solo album entitled Welcome to Me in 2001. In 2007, he co-starred on the VH1 reality TV series Mission Man Band, which also included former boy band members Jeff Timmons of 98 Degrees, Chris Kirkpatrick of Insync, and Rich Cronin of Light Funky Ones, which you may know as LFO, seeing if they could make it as a new group. The show was canceled after a few episodes, and in 2007, after being approached by Violent J and Shaggy 2 Dope, Abrams co-wrote and recorded an appearance on the Insane Clown Posse song Truth Dare, which was released on the compilation's Psychopathics from Outer Space 3 and featuring Freshness. In 2010, Abrams wrote three songs for Cool in the Gang, singing lead on all three tracks. They did briefly reunite with Abrams and Cauldron, but some things went south. Unfortunately, um, there was... uh, How do I say this? Um, With respect to the band, I don't want to dig up any like weird dirt and stuff like that. We just want to talk about good times and music. Um, We do know that Brian was dealing with some addictions problems um, with alcohol in particular. And from what I understand, he has been working on it. He has been to rehab and he's been getting treatment and we wish him all the support in the world. So Brian Abrams is such a talent. We want him to be doing well. And uh, he's also very welcome to come join us anytime. I'd love to chat with you, Brian. Um, All the best to you, man. I hope you are doing great. There you have it. I want to thank Mark Cauldron. He was just incredible to talk to. What a lovely guy. Uh, This has been a blast. Um, I have a few things to say to wrap it up today. We're going to be starting a segment about hit fads, big trends, things that we wore, things that we loved, other things that happened in the 90s that we want to share and relive. I want you guys to send me your photos of you wearing some of the craziest 90s gear that you've got. You can email us right at Podcast at gmail.com. Podcast at gmail.com. Send me your pictures of your most ridiculous 90s clothes and uh, some of your, like, toys, whatever it was. It was really cool, and we're going to share them live on the podcast. Any questions you've got, same thing. Let us know. I want to take a moment to thank CBC Radio Edmonton for having me on the morning show last week to talk about Dope Nostalgia. It was such a blast to talk to Tara and Mark. And you can check out our interview. It's actually, just search CBC Radio Edmonton and you'll find it. It was from Friday this week, January 31st. I have an interview next week with the amazing powerhouse vocalist behind the dance group Love Inc., Simone Denny is going to be on the show. So if you guys have any questions for Simone, drop us an email. And we'll ask some of the best questions you guys send in, all right? In the meanwhile, we'll see you next episode. I'm going to be talking with our good friend Colin Krieger once again. I got our sound all figured out now. It's going to be really good. So we're going to be talking about two artists, Ugly Kid Joe and Latour. So if you don't remember either of those, maybe give them a quick Google and... uh, We'll be seeing you later, guys. Take care.
1: Social media, yeah, we've got it. Send us an email. Dope nostalgia podcast at gmail.com. Twitter, Nostalgia Dope. Or on Insta, Dope underscore Nostalgia.
0: Dope Nostalgia is licensed by SoCan because we believe in making sure artists get paid for their work.